The title of our lesson today is The Call. Now, we're called many times for many reasons. And it could be at your job. You're at your job and all of a sudden, hey, buddy, we need you to do this. You know, and sometimes you get a little stretched. Uh, maybe it's a, a family emergency. You know, uh, I've had, uh, like, my brother passed away. They asked me to do the funeral. You know, uh, my dad passed away. I had to do the funeral. And, and so sometimes you're called and you're like, man, I'm not feeling it. I don't want to do it. Sometimes it's your wife calling you to fix something in the house. And you're still not feeling it. The football game's on, something like that. Barb and I went to uh, uh, Colorado a few years ago, and there were all these signs that said, the mountains are calling and I must go. That kind of thing, all right? And we're always being called somehow, some way in life. That's just our, our lives. And sometimes when people call, we don't want to answer the phone. I know what they want. I don't want to do that. Point number one is called out of darkness. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. And Peter had a, a few things to say about this. 1 Peter chapter 2 starting in verse 9. He begins by saying, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Now, if you're a, a, a Jew reading this, you're thinking, whoa. This cannot be. And the reason being is that if you were in the priesthood in the Old Testament, uh, it meant that there are a number of things that had to, had to be. In other words, you had to be from uh, the tribe of Levi or you could not be a priest. Just right there. So you, any of the other 11 tribes, forget it. Then you had to be male. And then you could have no physical problems. And then he says royal priesthood. It's one thing being in the priesthood where you take care of things, you take care of the, the lamps and, and, and uh, the, the ark and all these things. But to be in the royal priesthood was a whole nother level. And now he's saying, you're a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. And so no longer do we have to work through the priests to help people. We're all called by God to be in the priesthood. What does that mean? It means you're in the ministry. You minister to people. It's, it's as basic as that. And he says, you, you're, you're a people belonging to God that you may what? Declare the praise of him. Now you're calling out to other people and calling them out, out of where? Out of darkness and into his wonderful light. The Bible says this stuff all, all over the place. Light and darkness. Now you turn on the light and you can see things. It's very good to, to have light, especially trying to read or anything. But, you know, Barbara and I went to school in Malaysia. And when I'd come to my dorm room, I'd turn on the light and all these things would scatter. 
You're like, what was that? I won't ever see that again. So I like the light. I like to keep the light on. All right. But he says you once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. And he's saying you receive mercy. And I appreciate Tim sharing what he did in the communion message. But there's a, a lot of times we don't realize we're in the darkness. And it's a sad thing for most people. They don't really even understand a spiritual concept of darkness and light. They're blind to the reality of where they are. They're living in the matrix. You guys see the new matrix? Uh, okay. All right. Now, for me, I was totally oblivious where I was at. And I had uh, come out of what I thought was darkness. I was in a lot of sin and, uh, you know, drinking, partying, all that kind of stuff. And then I became religious, not really realizing I was still in darkness. Because I changed outwardly, but in here, still a lot of gunk in there. You know, I prayed every day, read my Bible, shared my faith, all that. But I didn't know the reality of where my heart was at. Then I got that aha moment. Somebody kind of said, you know what? Let me tell you something. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I appreciate what they did. Let, let's look at an example of this. Acts chapter 26. This is Apostle Paul and his conversion. We're going to read this and you're going to see the reality of where he was at. Acts 26 verse 9. Now he's speaking before a king, King Agrippa. And he says, I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the saints in prison. And when they were, in, uh, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme in my obsession against them. I even went to foreign cities to persecute them. Man, he, Paul was intense. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees, and he was trying to kill Christians. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. So, the chief priests were saying, yeah, get these guys. They're evil. They're wrong. About noon, O king, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. All of a sudden, the aha moment. <laughs> now get up and stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to point you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. And I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance 
by their deeds. Paul's persecuting the church, and he's fired up to do it. He thinks he is totally right in what he's doing. He's got authority. Let's do this. Let's get these guys. And then all of a sudden, this bright light, boom. And we find out uh, in Acts also that he was blinded for three days. And he, he says uh, to Jesus, he says, uh, oh, first Jesus says, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goats. What's a goat? A goat is a stick that a shepherd would use to get the sheep going. It's got a point on the end. And he's saying you're kicking against that. That would be a little painful, wouldn't it? You're just kicking on a sharp thing. He says, that's what this is like. This is what you're doing. You're not going to win. It's going to be painful, and you're going to lose. And he still doesn't get it. He's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Jesus whom you're persecuting. Can you imagine the shock? Now, I mean, he's just blinded. It says it was brighter than the sun. He's talking to Jesus. And he can't deny what's going on around him. And then he realizes he was wrong. That he was the one in darkness. And he says, but you know what? I'm going to point you as a servant and a witness of what you've seen in me, and, and I will show you. And he says, I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light. Not only are you going to change, quit killing Christians, but now you're going to be leading others to do the same. And he says, I wasn't disobedient. And see, a lot of times we, we, we live our lives, we think we're fine, I'm a good person, I'm great, but we don't realize and see things the way God does. And as a result, in a lot of ways, we're, we're kicking the goat. We suffer in life and we, God, where are you? And God's like, oh my gosh, I keep sending people to you, guide you and direct you, not listening. And we fight God. But all of a sudden, he comes to a realization of the reality, and he becomes one of the greatest apostles ever. Now, this is the same for us. Jesus commands us, Matthew 28, go make disciples of all nations. That, that's our purpose. That's why we're here. And what motivates us is because, now we can see, but also the, the dramatic changes that occur once we deal with the issues that we couldn't figure out. Why am I this way? What is it in me that causes me to be so depressed? What is it in me that causes me to be so greedy and angry and all these things? We don't see it. But we got to be humble enough to let someone to lead us through it. Now, there's a, a number of reactions you'll get. I mean, you, you, you're changed, you're fired up, you, you want people to see what you see, and you get a number of reactions. First of all, somebody will get really ticked off at you, or they're just ticked off in general. I remember reaching out to a guy, and basically he was like, I don't want anything to do with God. Okay. Okay. And, and you got to you got to love enough to say, why is that? <laughs> you know? I've had that happen numerous times. Or they'll just lie to you. Yeah. Oh, here's my number. And they give you a fake number. Right. Something like that. Uh, we were in, when we were in New York, 
we're leading the church there, uh, we were in the subway. Now, you got to try out the subway. That'll open your eyes right there, okay? We're in the subway, and it's packed, and I see these two Mormons reaching out to this girl, and they leave and all that, and I walk up to her, and they gave her a, a Book of Mormon, and I start talking to her, and she goes, yeah, I just lied to those guys. I just, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I'm reaching out to you too. <laughs> but people do that because they don't see the reality of what's going on. Some people are just blunt. No, not interested. No, thank you. Then you get those people that are wide open. I remember I was uh, reaching out to this gal, and uh, she gave me this look. She's like, and I had just gotten a haircut, so I was like, (laughs) and she said, "You (laughs) you wouldn't believe it. I was praying that someone would help me right now. And you came up. That's awesome. She became a disciple. That was awesome. But the question is, how do you respond when God is trying to reach out to you? When he says, I want to help you. I want you to see the big picture. Now, then you go from that to calling other people out of darkness. You know, at the conference, uh, you know, Kip, Kip challenged everybody just you know, share your faith, come up with a goal or whatever. But it has to become our purpose and who we are. You're not here on earth for a career because that's just momentary. And at the end of the life, you think, what, what is that? But this purpose will never end. And you transform lives. There's nothing like it. You know, we had 40 additions to the church last year. It's awesome. It is awesome, but the transformation is amazing, and it's fun to be a part of. And then they, they look at you like you really know what you're doing, and you're like, no, it's, it's God. But it's our purpose. But if you don't do it, then it stops with you. Yeah, that's the challenge. So we get called out of darkness, now we got to call others. Point number two, call to leadership. Uh, who's a leader? Everybody's a leader. We all are. We lead people one way or another. We influence people somehow, some way in life. The question is, after being with you, are they better off or worse? Yeah. That's what it comes down to. <clears throat> now, many people don't want to lead. They're scared of it, and they don't want the responsibility. And, and the, the scriptures are full of examples of people being called who just didn't want to do it. You had all the prophets, you had the apostles, even Peter. He was called, then when he saw the reality, he saw the cross, he ran. All the apostles betrayed you, just took off. And then Jesus raises from the dead, and he says to Peter, this is your future, you're going to be crucified. John 21, look at it. You're going to be crucified. Now, do you really love me? And, and so it's that defining time. What am I going to do with my life? Am I really going to walk with Jesus? Now, I certainly didn't want anything to do with leadership. Came into the church. Man, this is awesome group. People hug me. People love me, even as messed up as I am. 
and people want, and they generally concerned to help me and this and that. And I, I just got back from Malaysia, and I was broke. And uh, and then uh, somebody reached out to me. I found the church, and and I had was so broke that I had no money for food. Literally went three days without eating, not because I was fasting, but I was broke. And all of a sudden, I found all this food on my porch. Yeah, and, and that's that's what this is all about. This is what it's supposed. To, but then they said, "Well, we want you to leave." And I said, "No, thank you." <laughs> now, some of us, you know, we're not ready for certain levels of leadership, but we can serve in, in all, all sorts of capacities. All right. So the question is, what is going to be your response? Remember, earlier I said we're going to get called higher, guys. We're going to need your help. Look in Exodus chapter four. The calling of Moses. All right, Moses is an awesome dude. All right, he literally led 1.6 million people for 40 years. Yeah, wow. Now, this was his initial response. Chapter 4, verse 10. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I'm slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go! I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. But Moses said, O oh Lord, please send someone else to do it. <laughs> then the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, what about your brother? All right, you got a pretty intense situation here. He calls Moses to do it, and he says, I don't want to do it. Now, hey, I don't blame him. You know, one, one and a half million people, and, and you're going to have to go into Egypt, convince Pharaoh to let the people go. But it takes a lot of suffering and responsibility, and what if I fail? Well, you probably will fail, and you learn from it, and you move on. But God's response was, it was his anger burned against him. Why? Because of selfishness. You care more about you than them. Now, in our world, we have a lot of people who will want to climb the ladder. And they want to make more money. It's all about the money. Show me the money. And they will suffer to all great lengths because they're driven by greed. But in the kingdom, it's like, what am I getting out of this? And it's a selfishness. We're going to talk about that. Then you got some people who want leadership for the wrong reasons. They want the attention. They want to be in front of the mic all the time. And they want respect. But the pure-hearted disciple has a different response. Look in Isaiah chapter 6. How are you guys feeling about this? You getting nervous? Yeah. Isaiah 6. Okay, so God speaks to Isaiah and he gives him a commission, but he has no idea what it is. Isaiah 6 verse 8. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. 
They've got to realize Isaiah doesn't know what God's calling him to. And he's like, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. And there's an ele- a number of elements in this because Isaiah understands, number one, there's a reason he's calling me. Could have called a lot of other people, but he's chosen me. And he, he sees it as an honor. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to give it my heart. And that's what he's saying here. Here am I, send me. And he wanted to know, let God know, I am with you. I'm going to be part of the battle. I'm ready to stand in the gap, go anywhere, do anything. I'm a team player. A lot of leaders got called this way in the Bible. You think about Abraham. He was called, and God didn't tell him where to go. God just said, go. It's like, go? Okay. All right. And, and, and sometimes we want all the ducks in a row before we make our decision to agree to what God, well, how, what if this happened? What if that happened? What it? Huh, huh. And, and a lot of times God has to work around us because our heart's not there. Now, I can't say enough for many of you. You guys, so many of you have come up to me and said, how can I help? That's amazing. That's awesome. That's the heart that we're talking about. Point number three, the heart behind the call. Some people in life want to lead with a bad heart. And I talked a little bit about that earlier. Have you ever been on the job and somebody's given a role and you're thinking, what is going on here? Or you got that person in your group who wants to be in control of everything. No, let me do it. You can't do that. They always want to take charge. Or else you got, you know, the, the person that thinks they're really above everybody else and no one else can do it but them. Uh, you're all incompetent. Let me do it. Um, or they may think they're somewhere where they're not. I'm way up here when nah, your abilities are down here. Let's look at an example of this. Matthew 16. <laughs> Matthew 16. We're going to look at Peter. Wow, Peter. Matthew 16, starting in verse 21. Come on. Verse 21. Okay. Jesus just gets done telling Peter, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Verse 21. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, chief priests, teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Wow. How would you like that little interaction? Now, Peter kind of crossed the line there. 
He rebukes Jesus. Can you imagine rebuking Jesus? What are you doing, Jesus? What are you thinking? And he probably in his heart thought, this is the right thing. You can't die. We need you here. But Peter doesn't get the big picture. And he has the aha moment here. You know, he takes Jesus aside. Come here, Jesus. Let's have a talk. And Jesus just says, get behind me, Satan. You imagine Peter's just going, oh, this shall never happen to you. Yeah, boom. Sometimes we think we know and we don't. We got to be humble, constantly humble. And Peter goes through a lot, but he had an incredible impact on the kingdom that, during that time and throughout ages because he was humble enough to take the rebuke. He was humble enough to say, okay, lead me. And what probably happened is he got a big head because just prior to this, he says, Peter, you got it. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Amen. Peter's probably, <laughs> me and you, Jesus. Look at Matthew 9. So how do you get the right heart? Matthew 9, verse 35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the lords of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Okay, what made Jesus a leader? His heart. And he saw the crowds. And he's, he had compassion on them. They're, he says they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus is saying, hey, the, the workers are few. Why? Because people don't want to get involved. People don't want to engage in the pain of other people. Oh, I'll pray for that. And, and not really invest. Let me really rescue you. Help, let me help you. And then Jesus sends them out. He says, you prayed for workers, you're the workers. Go on out. The question is, do we see the need? Moses finally gave himself over to leading a million and a half people because he saw the pain and the suffering of the people. And so for, for him, it was, a, it was a willingness to engage in areas that were going to be painful. And sometimes it's very painful to help people. And sometimes you go the extra length, you, you sacrifice time, money, energy, and then without any gratitude, they walk away. Not even a thank you. But then the question is, are you doing it for them or for you? I got really nervous this morning. I'll tell you why. So... I found out this weekend that um, Shane was sick, and a lot of people got sick this week. It's, we got a lot of people missing here. Shane was sick, and then uh, 
Of course, we sent uh, our three guys out, Marvell, song leader, right? Johnny, Victor. We're getting a little low on, on song leading. Then I got a call this morning from Joe. I've been, I've been sick this all through the afternoon. I can't make it. I'm like, <laughs> Joe, don't do this to me. And, you know, I had visions of it coming down to Victor and myself. Now, if we song lead, people leave. Okay, that's, that's, that's how it is. I can just see him, you know, quarter, okay, you're up. You know, that kind of. But, you know, people stepped up to the call. It was awesome. Appreciate Vlad. Vlad coming in. Maybe we have a new song guy, you know, to lead the whole, I don't know, it did pretty good. Saw Kenny up here, didn't you? <laughs> no, I think you guys did phenomenal. Now, you got to realize, we do a song list in the beginning of the week, and they practice, and all of a sudden this morning, okay, what are we going to sing? And then they, they practice beforehand, and they come up here. But that's, that's the call, and making it happen. Of course, they called Vlad this morning. He was joking around. He said, oh, well, I'm sick. I can't do anything. Vlad. Always a jokester in the group, right? So, now, in my younger years, when I finally thought, okay, I'll, I'll do this thing, I was really scared about leadership. And I was afraid to, to my biggest fear was public speaking. I was scared to death. I'd be shaking like that. I really was. My hands would be like this, and, and I, was, I was scared to death of it. Uh, you know, I, I, I'd rather chew my arm off than do it. That's, that's how I felt. A little dramatic. Okay, all right. But uh, there's all sorts of things that happened to me. One time I got physically sick. And you don't want to know the details to that. <laughs> One time I came on stage and I walked up and I went. And I walked on stage. That's the truth. Next man up had to run up. Thank you, Jay, for that uh, moment of meditation. It's horrible. And then, then you get, like, Candace comes up on stage and it's nothing for her. Where does she get that from? Oh, Barb. But, you know, even at the conference, she spoke, she got appointed and all that. And uh, even one of the women's ministry leaders like, man, she's so confident, her presence. It's the same thing with Tracy. She comes up, she speaks. I'm like, where did they get that from? That wasn't me. From Barb. <laughs> and then finally someone said to me, you know, you need to care about meeting the people's needs more than how you look. And it, and it helped, helped out tremendously because I was just self-focused. And a lot of times we do that. We fail, and then we quit. We give up. I can't do it. Versus, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this 
because for some reason you called me to do it. And God has called me to do it. Do you care about people, the harassed and helpless? That's the message of the cross. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. You read about it, Matthew 26. He prayed God for three times, God, take this away. I don't want to do it. And in Luke it said he was in such anguish that he, he sweat blood. He broke the, the capillaries in his, in his forehead, he just sweat blood. And there's a medical phenomenon that that can happen. But even Jesus didn't want to do it, and finally he surrendered himself. And he said, okay, come, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. And it, you could sense the surrender in Jesus. You know, in Milwaukee last year, in, in 2021, we had 197 people murdered. Just in Milwaukee. Now, I looked online, and I don't know if this can be true. In all the USA, it said 1,721 people were murdered. All the United States. I'm thinking, can that be right? If that's true, that means 11% of those happened in Milwaukee. There's a lot of needs. They're harassed and helpless. And we can just be a nice, warm, hugging family where we love each other and all that, or we're going to have to go out and call people out of darkness. We need to care about our city. We need to not just think about it, pray about it. We need to act on it. There's a song. See, I knew it. I knew you guys would say that. Sing it. Okay. It's by Bruno Mars. If you ever see, okay, if you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I'll sail the world to find you. If you ever find yourself lost in the dark and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. We'll find out what we're made of when we are called to help our friends in need. Called to help our friends in need. You can count on me like, one, two, three. Even Bruno Mars gets it. When you're called to help our friends, who are our friends? Who's our neighbor? And that's really what this is all about. There's no greater calling than to change people's lives. It brings a joy that you just can't put a, a, a number on. Now, this last weekend, we all got fired up, right, at the conference. The question is, how long will that stay with you? Is that fire due to outward circumstances, or is the fire in you? Do you go somewhere and inspire people to love people? At the conference, Kip called everybody to share their faith and uh, you know, come up with a goal. But we got to go beyond that. It's got to become who we are. In closing, I want to call you to examine your heart. What are you all about? Are you about the money? Are you about the title? Or are you about God? I want you to take the challenge and tell God, 
Here am I. Send me. Amen.